Thanks for listening to the Campus Collective Podcast. As always, we pray that this resource is a helpful supplement for you as a follower of Jesus and as an active member in your local church. We love God's design for His church, and we believe that this resource could never substitute the incredible things that come from active involvement with a community of believers. Campus Collective is a ministry of Huntington Community Church. To learn more, visit our website at HuntingtonCommunityChurch.com. Welcome to Campus Collective. Um, If this is your first night at Campus Collective, you need to know that this is just about the most different possible night. Like if this is your first night, you chose a night that is literally unlike any other night for the rest of the entire semester. So if you don't like what happens tonight, give it one more shot. If you don't like it next week, then you, you might not like it here. So we are uh, really, really thankful you guys chose to join us tonight. As I mentioned, this is a special evening that we like to affectionately call a panel night. So from the bottom of my heart to all of you, happy panel day. Thank you. If you have never been here with us on a panel day or night, I got to commit to panel day or night. Let's think. Night. Night. Going night. Okay. A lot of my notes say day. It's going to be hard. Um, If you haven't been here with us on a panel night, then I do want to take a moment to explain to you um, why we do them and what we're going to be doing uh, this evening. So the point of panels, here's the point. We want you to see how mature Christians think through real-life issues in a way that demonstrates the different ways that men and women of God can use the Bible to inform the way they live wisely in the world. And so these are intentionally staged conversations about a topic so that you can not only watch people disagree, um, but you can learn to engage the world that you live in, the life that you have, in a way that honors God um, and is true to scriptures in the mess and the details of life. And so, um, just so you know, there might be some disagreement on the panel tonight, but if you're looking for a debate, that is, you're in the wrong place. We're not going to fight and argue. Um, But we do want to model for you what it looks like to have disagreement and think through, well, I kind of see it this way or a different angle, things like that. And so what our topic tonight is redeeming time, redeeming time. And so we're going to hit a bunch of points aimed at helping you think through productivity, rest, wasting time, prioritizing the kingdom while balancing all of the different roles and responsibilities that you have in your life. Um, A lot of you are busy, right? You're thinking, how do I juggle school and work and responsibilities in ministry and uh, loving lost people and my parents and all of these different things. And so that's the kind of the aim of what we're doing tonight is to help you think through some of those things in a way that honors God and is according to his word. And so you need to know this. This is crucial for you now um, as a student, um, but it's also crucial when you are finished with college or entering into that new phase of life. Um, you're going to notice we're not going to call that the real world. Y'all ever been told that? You know, it's like, hey, once you get in the real world, things will be different. Um, I don't like that. I think that you're living a real life now in the real world. Um, there is a sense in which uh, as responsibilities and seasons change, obviously things will look different. But your life is real now. And so we want to help you think through these things because um, our time in some ways is all we got, Right? God gives us so many days, so many hours, so many minutes. How we choose to use them is either going to honor God or glorify ourselves. And that's what we're after tonight. So a few logistics before we get started. My phone number is going to be up on the screen. (laughs) Boom. There it is. 304-638-3894. What you can do with that is text me questions. And so if something that they say, either you hate it, love it, have a question about it, text me. Um, As we're kind of going, I'm going to be awkwardly trying to guide the conversation, read all of your texts, and then create a rapid fire uh, time at the end where we're going to try to hit as many of your questions as we can. All right? So be thinking. um, This is not rude to get on your phone tonight. Um, We want to hear questions that these conversations might have sparked in you. Um, Okay. Let's introduce our panelists. The only man on the panel, other than me, I suppose, but I'm the host, Thad Tuggle. Right in the middle. This is Thad. He's a follower of Christ, a member of Huntington Community Church, um, also a former trustee. 
Um, not because we kicked him out, it's just because he had three years and he finished his three years. So thanks to that. Husband to Gabby, father of three little girls. Um, employed full-time, cannot remember where, the Army Corps of Engin- Engineer, is that the whole thing? Army Corps of Engineer. Full-time employed there. Very active in our church in ministry. Um, really thankful for Thad. I just think he's an incredible man of wisdom and integrity. Also, literally leaving for Florida tonight for vacation. So talk about redeeming time, man. You, he is finishing this, driving to his uh, family in Hurricane, and then going to Florida. So thanks for being here. Um, to his right is Mara Reinhardt, um, also follower of Christ, member of HCC, and has been since your freshman year of college. Um, engaged to Ty Moore. Shout out Ty Moore. This is your fiance. Um, she works full-time is also a full-time student, active in our church serving, and honestly putting all of us to shame. Uh, She is working 40 hours a week and a full-time class load, Um, and so we're excited to hear how in the world you are standing. Okay. (laughs) Or sitting, I guess. Okay, over there on the end is Cammie Kirby, follower of Christ, a deaconess of HCC, married to Logan, mother to two, works as a speech pathologist, also active and engaged in ministry, and lastly, to her right, is Rachel Hall, follower of Christ, member of HCC, a Campus Collective alumni. She was a student here at Marshall recently. Well, did you graduate last year? Uh, two years ago. Two years ago. Okay, two years ago, um, working full-time, active and engaged here at the church, and she's kind of our just out of college in that transitional uh, voice tonight for some of you that maybe are about to graduate and move on. Um, so thank you all for being here. We're excited to learn from you. Um, I want to base this in the Bible, because that's what's important here tonight. This is Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. After we do this, we'll put my number back up. But this says, look carefully then how you walk, not as, um, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is." And so that's what we're talking about tonight, that idea of making the best use of the time that God has given us. So a couple more things, I promise this is actually about what they're going to say, not me, but I want to establish a few more things. Um, Here are truths that we're all holding to be true tonight so that we don't have to keep caveating over each other to make sure we're all on the same page. First thing is this, we are given time to glorify God. You need to understand this. Psalm 90 says it's wisdom to learn to number our days, that our days are in our Father's hands. Every day, every hour, every minute you've been given is a gift from God to bring glory to him. Also, rest is a gift from God. Um, God designed us to be people who work and rest for his glory. Also, laziness is a sin. So we're going to establish that tonight. To be lazy, to be sloth, as Proverbs would have, is sinful. Also, Workaholism or studyaholism for some of you is also a sin. To idolize and worship your productivity is a sin. Also, we all have competing priorities and roles in our lives. Hopefully, one of the takeaways tonight as you leave here, understanding what are the things that God has called you to? How do you prioritize those things? And then lastly, even in the midst of our competing priorities, we cannot ignore the church and we cannot ignore the Great Commission. We are all called followers of Christ in this room to make disciples of all nations with our lives. And so that doesn't take a four-year hiatus just so you can get a degree. And so we're kind of pressing all of those things in tonight. And so what in the world am I going to be doing? And I know you're ready for me to stop talking, but a couple more things. Um, I don't like the phrase uh, devil's advocate, mostly because I don't want to advocate anything that the devil does. And so I'm not going to be the devil's advocate tonight, um, but I am going to be what we are now calling the wisdom tension advocate. Uh, Not as catchy, I understand that. Um, The WTA, also, if you want to call me that. Um, But the idea here is that when I see them leaning one way, I'm going to annoyingly prod from the other side so that we can create the conversation for us to all learn, all right? Not advocating the devil. I'm advocating for wisdom tension, all right? And you should too. Okay, let's begin. Uh, first question, guys, this is under the category of work and rest. And the first question we're going to tackle is, what does it mean to work hard for the glory of God 
But before that, it might be helpful to establish what do we mean by working? So maybe I want to take that. Yeah, um, I think just what we talked about is I know everybody in this room is in different walks of life. Some of you are just students. Some of you are going to school and working. And then some of us just have full-time jobs. So when we talk about work, we're talking about all aspects of life, not just the one thing that you're focusing on now. So just kind of keep that in mind and just kind of think of where that can apply in your life as a whole. Yeah. All right. So what's it mean to work hard for the glory of God? Who wants to take that? I'll go. Um, for me, I feel like working hard for the glory of God would be just simply fulfilling the Great Commission. And I think that could look different for everyone, obviously. Um, we're all in different stages of life. We have different callings. Um, but I know HCC is really good at, you know, telling us that we can still fulfill the Great Commission exactly where we are, where we work, live, and play. Um, so that can look like for you guys as students at Marshall, um, you know, investing in others, um, trying to make connections with classmates. Um, for me, it's now, you know, using that time I've gotten to spend with people and um, using those experiences and using it in my workplace now. Uh, yeah, just kind of going off of that, um, for me specifically, as Dustin mentioned, I'm a speech therapist in the schools, um, and a lot of the people I work with, just after having conversations with them throughout the school year, they've been hurt by the church, um, and they've walked away, um, and I think specifically as believers, like, we're called to um, work with integrity, um, because we might be the only example of a believer that they're seeing in their lives. Um, and so it's really up to us to make ethical choices. Um, an example, like in my workplace, we do a lot of paperwork and a lot of deadlines um, mean money or not for our school district. So a lot of people will push to backdate IEPs and do different things so that we don't miss out on a pot of money. Um, but that's not okay to do. So kind of just making those choices that maybe a, an unbeliever may not make um, to just kind of set yourself apart um, in that way. Um, that's kind of specifically like in my workplace, just little decisions that I have to make every day um, just to kind of um, be that example and like live out that great commission. Um, I also have a second job. <laughs> after I get home, um, I go, I pick up my kids from daycare after I'm done working, and then um, we go home, and that's when my second job starts for the day. Um, and so working hard for the glory of God is just um, just trying to be faithful every day and, like, discipling my kids, trying to have patience with them, um, and just loving them the way that the Lord would have me love them. Um, this does not look perfect. There are days whenever I don't feel like I'm working very hard and I'm just on autopilot. So, um, but just practically, those are the things that look like working hard for the glory of God in my life. Yeah, before the rest of you answer, really quick, I think this is something interesting, and I've heard people kind of talk about this and joke. Um, this might make it awkward in here quick, I'm not sure. Um, but when you're saying ethical kind of thing, I think if we relate it to students, I just have a question. Um, can we cheat in class to the glory of God? No. Okay. Um, I do think it's interesting. I mean, I, you know, I didn't have a perfect track record of this in school, but I think I'm disheartened sometimes hearing people who love and follow Jesus um, kind of treat school as if it's, uh, that's okay. And so I think one thing is we're thinking of integrity in our roles. Um, that's important, not just at work, but in school. So it's good. What about you guys? Um, the first thing is, Cammie, you know, kids is, Kids are pretty easy. I don't, your second job, I don't know. No. Um, like uh, Dustin said, uh, I've got three little girls at home. And something that I heard probably 15 years ago um, when I was in college. Um, Back when you were 30. Yeah, right. <laughs> Back when I was 30. Um, there was a sermon that I listened to, and it's always stuck out to me. Um, it's that you should be going to bed tired. And it was directly towards men, and it was directly towards um, fathers, but I really think it applies to everyone, um, whether you're in school, depending on the stage of life that you're in, just because, for me, I should be going to, tire, going to bed tired because I've been wrung out emotionally, um, physically, you know, taking care of my wife, taking care of my three kids, um, and then I should be expecting that next morning to rise and get my fulfillment in Christ. And we'll talk about that in a little bit more. But um, for me, 
how I judge a day is, did I work tirelessly for my wife, for my family, for my church? Um, and it's not going to happen every day, um, but that's just a good barometer that I like to follow. Yeah, that's good. Marge, you have any other thoughts? Um, yeah, just kind of how I talked about in the beginning, how we need to work hard in all aspects of life. I think when we think about that, um, it's kind of easy for us to kind of get in that mode of we're going to work hard on Tuesdays and Sundays when we know we're going to see everybody. Um, and just when I think of working hard for the glory of God, um, I just think of using the gifts that the Lord has given us. Um, and I know us as fellow believers in Christ, we learn almost every day and know that the world does not sustain us and that the Lord does. And so when we think about working hard for the Lord, yes, we are, but we also need to depend on him for the strength to, to be able to faithfully serve um, not only each other, but the Lord, and then work hard for him as well. That's good. Okay, so let's let's take it the other way. So that's working hard. Hopefully we're all there. We need to be working hard for the glory of God. Um, one Google search that I did estimates that most of us will spend approximately 90,000 hours at work in our lives. That's a lot of time. And so let's swing it back the other way. How do we know when we're making our work, our school, our, our, you know, our things an idol? So how do you delineate that? How are you thinking through that? I think anything becomes an idol in your life if it's affecting um, your mood for the day. Like if the test that you have that's coming up is just consuming you and you're moody and irritable because you're nervous about it or you know you need to study more, um, then that's probably an idol in your life. Um, if the project that you have to work on for work is all you can think about um, and it's affecting how you're interacting with your family, um, then that's definitely an idol in your life. Yeah, uh, everything that Cami said, you know, our, our identity is not in what we do. Um, our identity is not in what we like. Um, our identity is in Christ. Um, so anything that distracts you from that, um, you know, God is using you in your vocation, in your school, in your family, um, in so many different aspects. But uh, if you are so focused on the task itself, then rather, excuse me, rather than um, what you're doing the task for, um, then that, that's when it becomes an idol for you. Any other thoughts? Okay, let's transition then to rest. Obviously, we've established that we need to work hard and I suppose rest hard. I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about that if you even like that phrase. Um, but this is interesting. We need to be thinking biblical here because we just, we're going through Hebrews this whole year, as you know. And if you recall, Hebrews chapter 4 talked about this idea of the Sabbath law pointing us toward rest in Christ. And so in the Ten Commandments that God gives Israel that set kind of the stage for Christ coming and fulfilling that, the fourth commandment is to take a Sabbath day. And so we're not under law anymore, we're under Christ, but there's wisdom in seeing that rest and um, refreshment are good gifts from God, ultimately the echo of us resting from all of our works because Jesus has um, done that for us. But either way, you know, you can't just work, I'm assuming, I'm assuming you guys sleep at some point. Um, and so how do you, how do you, Mara, maybe not, um, how do you rest well for the glory of God. So you're working, but there's also this rest component. How do we, how do you rest well? So I didn't know. <laughs> um, this is probably one of the questions that I had the hardest time answering because I don't think I rest well. And I hope you guys, well, I don't hope you guys resonate, but hopefully I'm not the only one in here <laughs> that doesn't rest well. But I mean, when I am tired and want to take a break from everything, I go watch, you know, I'll probably watch The Outer Banks season three in one day. <laughs> I binge watch TV like crazy, and I also scroll on Instagram when, you know, I'm taking a break, um, and that's not resting well. Um, so I kind of had to, like, dig in, um, and I read something really cool John Piper said, and it kind of helped me understand resting well a little better. Um, and he kind of said that we should do things that refresh us for his service, um, and so... I don't think this would include doing, you know, things that are, you know, I don't think this time should be filled with godless activities, um, but I also think resting can look different for everyone. So in my case, and I'm sure you guys too, I sit at a desk for eight hours a day, I type on a computer, and my eyes are tired, and you guys do the same when you're studying for a test, writing a paper, and when I get home, I just want to break from that. So I think I find rest in 
getting outdoors and taking walks or exercising or even doing things outside with my hands. Um, and so I think we can all rest differently, but I also think we should be intentional about not incorporating things that could cause us to stumble into sin um, and just, you know, not um, fill our time with godless things. Yeah, kind of going off that with what Rachel said, um, when we're like talking to you guys up here, we're talking to ourselves too. I look for sometimes I look forward to watching Netflix, and I'm sure everybody does too. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to watch my show, and I set goals for myself about what episode I want to get to, which is terrible, but it's real life. Um, <laughs> if you know. Wait, what? I do. I'm like, I'm like, I can sit down and watch three episodes. You know. I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe not the best goal to set, but I do it. <laughs> it's a goal. Listen. So, um, just in saying that, I know that everybody, like, you know, loves to watch TV and loves to do things that they don't have to necessarily think about because all we do is we feel like we think all day. Um, and so, in saying that, I think that a lot of us tend to take on this worldly idea of rest, like I said, watching that Netflix show, doing things that we want to do, things that we think will make us happy through the world. Um, and so, I just want to talk, as I was going through this, I was so convicted, but the idea of rest is just so broad for us. We can find rest at Collective. We can find rest with our community. We can find rest with believers in Christ. It's not just having that time on the couch where we get to lay down and not think. Um, and so just kind of being surrounded with that community and giving our burdens to the Lord and finding rest in that is so important, um, I feel like, and just things to keep in front of us. Go ahead. All right. Um, yeah. I so resonate with everything that they've said. I feel like um, just as like a culture, we're so addicted to comfort and we're so addicted to just like turning off our brains and scrolling um, or sitting and just watching a show. Um, like Logan and I do that literally all the time. Um, and especially with like two little ones running around all the time, like we get them in bed and then it's like, okay, well, what are we going to do or not do for the rest of the night? Um, and so that is definitely something that like I've been wrestling with too. Um, the company I work for, um, my boss is a believer. They're like incredible people. Um, one of the things that we learned in leadership training that we did was that you should, um, I wrote it down here exactly how they said it that you should work from your rest, not rest from your work. So you should be intentionally resting so that you can work from that and draw from that as opposed to working, working, working until you're just exhausted and then trying to build up rest from that and just being completely depleted. Now. I think we also have to look at, like, what is the rest that's actually going to fill me up for service, for, like, true service, for actually working for the glory of God. And I think the answer to that is pretty clear. It's not vegging out in front of Netflix. It's going to be, like, what are you filling up your cup with? Um, filling up your cup with spending time with the Lord, um, with spending time in community, um, with just meeting someone for coffee and, like, talking about what the Lord is doing in your life. Like, all, to all you extroverts out there, like being in a place like this, talking with people, that fills me up more than anything in the world. Introverts, maybe you're filled up just sitting by yourself with the Lord. Um, you just have to kind of figure out what is rest for you um, and just kind of discern that with the help of the Lord, what that looks like in your life. I just have two things. The first one, and I might have to check with Courtney on this one, but like, when you're at home, are you, like, during your rest time, are you, like, let's rest hard? Because you're, like, you're, like, a really determined person. You said that earlier. Courtney says yes. Okay. That's what I think. <laughs> um, but, no, I think... Uh, I think Thad, I'm, I'm running this panel. If you could... Oh, I'm sorry. Stay. <laughs> Do you want me to go? <laughs> um, no, I think everything that everybody's been saying has been really, really good. And I, and I just want to reiterate this to make sure that we're all on the same page. Our rest is found in Christ. Um, and nothing else. Um, and that's, that's one of the reasons, like, it's really good to have uh, a strong body of believers around you um, for multiple reasons, but this one especially, too, because somebody can recognize if you're down. They can recognize if you seem stressed out. Um, they're also that person there that you can call it midnight or five in the morning or after you had a really hard test or, you know, whatever. Um, 
so they can point you back to Christ and say, oh, you know, take care of yourself. You need to have a you day. I don't know what people say now, but, um, <laughs> you know, just take, you know, take time for yourself where, no, you shouldn't be taking time for yourself. You should be looking to Christ in all things. Yeah, I've got a few WTA points. Um, so I'm curious, are we not allowed to watch TV at all? Like, what's, is it all a sin? Depends on what it is. Okay. It's another Disney Prisoners movie, probably. Okay. Probably it's, uh, <laughs> it's the most family-friendly possible thing. Absolutely. Okay. Well, help me understand then, because I, I do think probably what, what can happen in these scenarios is we're all thinking, you know, we're all taking shots at the couch right now, okay? And there's probably, if we're honest, all of us spend too much time there. And so, but, but how do we... If part of that rest is going to be enjoying like a good gift of entertainment, let's say, how do we? How do you all kind of wrestle through that? How like almost like how far is too far, really, with entertainment? Um, how do we know when our rest is just laziness in disguise? You know that kind of stuff. I think whenever your rest is distracting you instead of filling you up, like if you're if you're just like spending your whole day. Just thinking, like, my goodness, I cannot wait to get home and turn on the TV and stop thinking about anything. And you don't even, like, I mean, okay, let me just speak from my personal experience. So my husband and I, we accepted kids in, uh, from foster care two years ago. The last two years have been a lot of distracting ourselves with Netflix when we're exhausted in the evenings. Um a lot of scrolling on Facebook, a lot of things to just kind of distract ourselves from the survival mode that we've been in for a very long time. Um, And so I feel like for me specifically, I recently was convicted by the Lord to like stop being so distracted by those things that I'm not even looking to like towards time with him as restful. Like, time with him is like was work because my mind was so distracted by all of these other things that it took effort for me to Mm. sit and spend time with the Lord like it took effort for me to open my Bible and to journal and to actually like get something from the word because it wasn't like it wasn't lit up in front of me and I couldn't scroll on it like it was like just a perspective shift of like where am I actually like finding rest, am I distracted by everything that I'm calling rest? Uh, there's two things I'd like to add to that. The first one is, and I've, we've talked about this before, but like, you have to give yourself grace too. Um, you know, because there, you're going to go through seasons of life. Um, for example, Cammie is doing a lot harder job, I think, than what I have. <laughs> um, you know, because there's just so many emotions at play um, with that when it's not your own child. Um, but, you know, giving yourself grace in that moment and realize, like, you know, you can look back and say, okay, five years ago or whatever it may be, um, you know, you, you may have felt like you were on fire for the Lord or that, you know, I would never have sat down and watched TV for, you know, two hours. Um, but our relationship with Christ is not emotional-based, um, so it doesn't depend on what you feel or how you feel at that time. Um, so, you know, make sure you're giving yourself grace in that moment. Now, on the flip side of that is recognize that situation and do something about it. You know, if you're feeling convicted about it, um, we all do, I feel like, um, that's the Holy Spirit, you know, working inside of you, um, and a challenge that I would give to you guys um, is something that my mom told me um, uh, ages ago when I was a sophomore in college, um, was I was finding it very hard to balance. I was very hard to balance just life in general. Um, and she asked me about my day and what I did, and she identified that I had time in the cafeteria in the morning. Um, before my class started, and she said, read two chapters of your Bible. doesn't have to be, you don't have to sit down and, you know, journal about it. You don't have to, 
uh, you know, pick it apart, just read it and trust that the Lord um, will use that time and honor that time um, and that, you know, you will see a f- fruitfulness from that. And 15 years later, 14 years later now, um, that's something that I still try to live by. Now, some days it might be 10 chapters, it might be four chapters, um, it might not be any chapters at all, but trust the process in that it's a long-term commitment and it's a long-term discipline. That's good. All right, we need to move on for time's sake. I want to redeem as much time here as we can. Um, Okay. Four of you thought that was funny. Okay. So this next section, and I I really love, man, all you guys are saying. I think these are so good for us. Hopefully all of you are already wrestling. Man, here's the pain point here, conviction point here. How can I grow in these areas? But now let's move on to the Great Commission. And so all of you, if you're a follower of Christ in this room, you are called to make disciples, right? Evangelism, prayer, ministry is not an option for us. It is what we were remade to do. Um, Ephesians 2 teaches us where um, he has good works laid out for us that he's prepared for us beforehand. And so at the same time, you have homework, right? Like you have stuff to do that may or may not be ministry in the sense that maybe we're traditionally thinking about it. And so this, this question um, kind of tries to hit on priorities. So when you're all thinking through that, um, we know that church life should be the life that we are living. If you're a follower of Christ, you're belonging to a community, you're doing ministry in that way. But how do you know when to say yes and when to say no? So like, obviously you're not saying all these people should be doing everything that anybody asks them to do. Um, but also, yeah, so maybe speak to that a little bit. Priorities, when to say yes, when to say no. I guess I'll go. Um, for me, it's easier to say yes than to say no. Um, and I know some people are the opposite of that. Um, so, you know, just, I think something to remember too is that everything done, um, I'm sorry, anything worthwhile, I read the wrong note. (laughs) Anything worthwhile, um, is a challenge. Um, so, you know, pushing yourself and making yourself, um, kind of go outside of your comfort zone, um, you know, when you need to say yes, when your knee-jerk reaction is to say no, and vice versa. Yeah, I think for me specifically, it's really easy to say no whenever I'm already feeling overwhelmed with everything that I already have going on. Um, And I think, like, specifically with this question of, like, saying yes or no, and, like, commitments that we have, specifically in ministry and um, other things that we might be doing, I think it's important to understand that everybody has different capacities. So, like, one, like, not to point you out, Mara, but, like, not everybody's going to be able to to balance a full-time job and a full-time, like, school load. And because they might, like, one person might just, like, absolutely lose it and may not be able to, like, do that and just would not be able to have the time management skills to effectively execute what that would look like. And that's fine. Like, that is okay. Like, the Lord created each of us in unique ways with different capacities. But with that in mind, all of us need to be wise in the things that we're saying yes to and the things that we're saying no to um, and practice discernment in that. We don't want to say yes to everything because then we'll be overcommitted and we won't do anything well. We don't want to say no to everything because we are called to live out the Great Commission and to be um, living lives of service. That's good. I think when I am tempted to say no to things, I a lot of times feel like it's because I need to rest. That's why I tell myself I'm tired. And I'm like, you know what? I can, I can take off tonight because I need to rest. Jesus rests. I need to rest. And I feel like that's when laziness creeps in. Um, and I think that's when I kind of torque rest into sort of a, like a righteous excuse. And so I think we need to be intentional about um, evaluating why we're saying no also. Your thoughts? Okay. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point. And as, that's probably frustrating for some of you. If you're more 
kind of wanting that answer. I mean, at the end of the day, some of this stuff really is wisdom in the moment, right? Like, what is your capacity? What's your season of life? What's the need? What is your calling? Things like that. And so a lot of this is going to take prayer and community um, for you guys to figure out. And so, um, yeah, that's really good. Well, let, let me tell, tell you guys something about something I learned. I think Andrew Callahan sent me this. He likes to send me screenshots of cool things on the internet. And uh, one thing that we learned recently, how many of you all have heard of FOMO? FOMO. Okay. Oh, Caden really has. Don't want to miss out on your hand being up. Okay. So fear of missing out. Okay. FOMO. You guys have, that's for the person who's like, I've got to be at everything because I'm afraid that if I'm not there, something great's going to happen and I'm not going to be a part of it. According to this one random screenshot that Andrew sent me, there's a new phenomenon <laughs> called FOBO. FOBO. You got, how many, who's heard of FOBO? Okay. A few of you. All right. So FOBO is fear of better options. Fear of better options. Some head nods resonating. Okay, and so the idea here is that it's not necessarily the same. It's in the same family as the, you know, the fear kind of category. But we have a tendency to think, I don't want to commit to that because what if I commit to that and then I would rather be doing something else? Um, the fear of better options. And so let's... Let's speak into FOBO a bit, um, maybe hit on that, like commitment, just using our time for what, you know, our priorities are. How do you all process FOBO? And have you heard of FOBO before? I just want to start out by saying I feel so hip that I know FOBO now. Thank you. My sister keeps me up on all the lingo, but she missed this one. So I was oh, out snap. of the loop until I heard it, and now I feel really cool. So I'm going to go around and be like, FOBO. <laughs> but anyways. That's great. In all seriousness, um, I know, like a lot of us in school, it's very popular, we always say, and especially at Collective, I hear, let's go on a coffee date, let's go on a coffee date, which is amazing. Let's go meet people. We should be doing that and inviting people into our, um, our church and getting to know the Lord and stuff. And it's meeting in a neutral space, not as scary as if you would do something more intimate with everybody, so I know it's very convenient. Um, but when talking about FOBO and having the fear of better options, um, it is really easy for us to get nervous. Um, something that I was told in high school and that I've noticed myself is that we take ourselves way too seriously. We are so scared to mess up, we are so scared to make fools of ourselves, and we are so scared to put ourselves out there, which I am too, I'm speaking to myself, like I said. Um, and so when we go on that coffee date, it's important to remember that we're not only committing to show up to that coffee date, but we have a commitment to our brothers and sisters in Christ to um, spur them on, to encourage them, to love them, and to show them the love of Jesus Christ. And even in that little coffee date that you may not think is important, somebody else may think it's very important and they may need it. Um, and so just kind of keeping that in mind. Um, and then something that Dustin also said that's really resonated with me and he says it all the time is that in ministry you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, not everything is going to be easy. Not everything is going to be particularly fun for you. But just that calling and that responsibility that we have to love one another is really important. I'm going to kind of go off Mara. Um, she brought up love. Um, and I think a big part of making and keeping commitments is love. Um, I don't know if there's athletes in here, but if you commit to playing a sport at Marshall, do you do it because you hate the sport? No, you probably love the sport. Um, so... If we commit to something with either a non-believer or a brother and sister, if we truly love them, I think we would take commitments more seriously. I also never heard of FOBO. I texted Mara because I didn't know what it was, and she didn't know. Um, so I texted Dustin. But I also looked it up, um, and um, I had a resource that kind of discussed um, love and commitment, and it brought up wedding vows. So at a wedding, you're going to say your vows, and um, so let's say the part where it says, till, uh, till death do us part, and what if those wedding vows read, till death do us part, as long as something doesn't come up? Like, what does that say about the love we have for that person? Um, if, you know, we're willing to do it unless something better comes up. So I think we just really need to evaluate our hearts um, when we make commitments and kind of take them more seriously than um, a lot of times we do. The only thing I had to add was real quick. Um, what you were saying, a love thing. Um, I think if we were to rephrase our thinking and not think about how I 
have to go do something. You mentioned coffee, how I have to go do that, or um, you know, I need to go meet with this person, or I need to do this. Um, again, rooting it all in your servitude to Christ, like recognizing that your purpose is to serve Christ. Um, and it may feel like an inconvenience to you. Uh, you may feel really awkward about it, but if you have that, um, that heart change, that mental change of, I'm not doing it for them, I'm not doing it for me, I'm doing it to serve Christ, um, I think has given me a lot of boldness that I don't know where it came from other than Christ. I also would like to add something real quick. Um, I feel like what I said was kind of harsh, like, you know, commitments, you got to keep them. Um, but I think Thad mentioned this um, when we were going over the questions, but this is also a good time to show grace. Um, we're, I'm going to cancel on people. You guys are going to cancel on me. It's just how we are. Um, so I think this is a good opportunity to show grace um, to others as well, as Jesus would. That's good. All right, let's go to the last section here because my phone is blowing up with questions for you guys. And so keep them coming. I'm excited to get to those. So let this last uh, section here for us to consider tonight is time, attention, and distraction. And so we've talked about big categories, work, rest, for the glory of God, specifically in our call in the kingdom as followers of Christ. And then we'll get real practical, day-to-day -day interactions, right? Time, attention, and distraction. And so... One, this first question here, how do you know, how do you make sure that you're being present with people even when you're tired? Um, so let's say you committed to showing up to the thing, but then you show up. Is that the whole battle or is there more to it? What does it look like to be present? Speak to that. I think the like, number one rule of being present is putting your phone down. Um, mm. I know with like two little kids at home, um, I can recognize whenever I maybe haven't been present with them, whenever my daughter comes up to me and says, hey, mommy, can I look at your phone? Can I look at your phone too? Can we look at pictures? Um, because she saw me looking at my phone and kids are very observant and they see what you're doing and they want to do, she's three, so she wants to do exactly what mommy's doing. Um, and so what kind of an example am I setting for her if I'm sitting and just staring at my phone and not being present with her and not engaging with her? Um, so I think it's hard when you are tired and you do want to check out, like we've talked about before. Um, but I think my biggest challenge for myself and uh, my challenge for you is, like, when you are with other people, just, like, put your phone down. Um, I think, like, whenever um, my family gets together, I look around and, um, not to throw my brothers under their bus, but they're terrible about this. And I'm like, guys, I only get to see you every once in a while, and we're, like, all on our phones. Like, just put them down. So I think that that's just a good challenge um, for all of us just because of how attached we typically are to our phones. I'm going to kind of go off that. Um, I'll kind of use an example. And um, I think to make sure you're being present, I think we need to remember the goal um, we're called to live out the Great Commission, um, and so we need to be intentional about doing that. Um, but I think when we're tired, we get distracted, and that could be phones. Um, but um, I would say some time I've spent with Mara at my house. We're just chilling, and we're having some good conversation. Then I get kind of tired, and I pull out my phone, and we kind of scroll and kind of waste our time together. And, you know, in April or May, Mara's leaving, and she's not going to be in Huntington anymore. And I think we forget that. We're not going to have the people that we're with right now um, here forever. We may meet someone tonight that we will never see again. And so even though we're tired, I think we need to be sure that we're living on mission and we're taking advantage of those opportunities that we're given. Yeah, that's good. Okay, uh, let's... It's maybe be a little more broad, but I'd like for you all to speak into this too. Um, and this is kind of maybe pulling some themes we've already discussed, but I think it's important. We're, love has come up a lot, right? Like the way we use our time is either, you know, loving self or loving God, right? And that's what we're talking about. And so how do you balance sacrificing your time and comfort for the sake of love? Um, because anytime you're going to love somebody, it's going to take our time, right? Like you can't from a distance, love the way that Christ loved us. And so what does that look like? How do we think through that? Cammie, aren't you a foster mom? Can you speak to this? 
Yes, I can, Rachel. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mentioned earlier, um, my husband and I uh, stepped into foster care in May of 2021. And if I just had to kind of define what foster care is, it is sacrificing your time and comfort for the sake of love. <laughs> um, we uh, accepted a placement of a four-month-old and a 21-month-old whenever our kiddos came to live with us. Um, and that is not the typical way to become a family. <laughs> um, they were dropped off on our doorstep. We opened the door, said hello, and we were a family of four. Um, that dramatically changed everything about our lives. Um, but backing up, that was a yes that we had said to the Lord because we felt like the Lord was leading us in that way. Um, and so every moment since then, even in the mundane, in the um, just what that plays out day to day, um, it's still a continual decision of um, working out that choice to say yes to the Lord, um, of sacrificing our time and um, sacrificing so, I mean, so much, but we've also gotten so much in return, but foster care in and of itself is just stepping into uncertainty. Um, and so we have lived the last two years um, in uncertainty. Um, just a little plug, we do have an adoption date now, March 22nd. So, <laughs> so that's not uncertain anymore. We do get forever with our kids, but that's not always the story. We were going to say goodbye to them last year. Um, and so just like understanding that the Lord doesn't always call us to things that are easy. Um, in fact, if the Lord is calling us to something, it's not going to be easy. He wants us to sacrifice our time and comfort for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of others. Um, comfort is not all. It's not, um, it's not the end-all, be-all to our days. Um, we are called to um, live sacrificially for other people. Um, and that requires commitment and that requires sacrifice. That's yeah, good. Do I have time for real quick? Yeah, go quick, and then I'm going to, a okay. lot of these questions are going to blend a lot of this together, right. so. So, Cami mentioned one way that you can step outside your comfort zone. Um, I think something that's very practical, um, not that foster care is not practical for everyone, um, but something that's practical for, practical for you to do tomorrow would be, um, it's very easy for all of you to talk to your friends um, and have your friend group. Um, but you know of people um, that may not have a friend or may not fit into a certain area, or it may be really hard for you to spend time with them because it takes so much emotional and mental capacity just to be present and be with them. Um, but my challenge to you would be to identify that person um, and make a commitment to that person because they they either need to hear the love of Christ or they need to feel the love of Christ um, through you. Um, so yeah, there's, there's multiple ways that we can step out for that. Okay, great job, y'all. Let's do some rapid fire. Man, these are all over the map. So I just say, you know, I'm not gonna get to all these. There's too many, um, but I'm trying. So first one, <laughs> Oh, gosh. You guys are texting a lot. Okay. I promise I'm being present. Just trying to... Okay. Put your phone away. How, sh <laughs> How much stock should Christians put in pop culture motivational productivity mindsets? Is the, quote, Sigma grind a biblical reality? And I will be honest, I have never heard of the Sigma grind. Um, I'm afraid I've said something inappropriate. <laughs> Okay, so I looked this up, the, the, uh, the Sigma male grind set is, okay, refers to the superior mindset possessed by the male at the top of the social hierarchy? Can you repeat the question? <laughs> <laughs> Is this like the maybe without the Sigma like grind part? part? Okay. Like I missed the first part. Okay, yeah. The Sigma grind set um, is not a biblical reality. There we go. Jesus says uh, last in the kingdom are first. So any superiority that you need to borrow 
uh, to glorify yourself at the expense of shoving other people down is anti-biblical and it's satanic. And so derive your productivity from glorifying God, denying self, and loving others. Okay. Can I take a stab at that first part? I think yeah, let some... me re-ask it just okay. so we can... I just thought we'd get rid of... Um... <laughs> How much stock should Christians put in pop culture, motivational, productivity mindsets? And so maybe just one of you on this, because we got a lot to get through. So, so zero. Um, because our culture does not shape who we are. Christ shapes who we are. Um, something that a lot of my friends right now are following is David Goggins, I think is how you say his name. Um, don't look him up. He's just dumb. Anyway, um, but he talks all, a lot about how your change is from within, changes within your mind. Um, and I just look at that, and I think to my friends, like, that you're missing it. Change comes from Christ. It comes from your heart. Um, and when you're changed on the inside from Christ, then you start to act and worship differently, and you just your whole life changes. So, no, it does not come from pop culture. Okay. Um, let me get rid of that one. Okay, I like this one. How do you, practically speaking, how do you sleep to the glory of God? I think that sleep can also become an idol. I personally have experienced this this week. Um, like, literally, I have been, like, trying to get up early and, like, be productive. Um, and in doing that, I've been, like, so grumpy with Logan. Um, and we had a conversation last night about it. And I was like, oh, wow, sleep became an idol for me. Um, and so I think that definitely, like, being intentional about getting enough sleep so we can feel rested and, like, work well the next day. Um, but also not, like, saying no to things because you're just looking forward to crawling into bed at night. That's probably a good balance to have. Okay. Um, okay, this kind of hits a few themes. Is self-care biblical? Um, how do we care for ourselves without it becoming inwardly focused and consumed with ourselves and how we feel, but still take care of ourselves? You want me to go? <laughs> uh, we're called to die to self daily. Um, so, you know, when you, I don't want to say anything too heretical, <laughs> so I won't go too deep. Hopefully not heretical this. at all. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, we're called to die to, die to ourself daily. Um, and so that means that the old Thad died 20-some years ago. Um, and... <laughs> anyway, they're making fun of me. Um, we're called to die to self daily. And so the, the old me is no longer. Um, there's still remnants of me um, that I fight daily. Um, but that's something that you're going to struggle with your entire life. Uh, but again, I remember I mentioned that, you know, our, our faith is not based on emotions. Our faith, our faith is based on um, Christ, and he does not change. Can I also speak to a contrary like kind of view of that? Um, I think it depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about like self-care, so you like feel good about yourself, like that's one thing. But I also do think that it's wise to take care of your body. Um, like it's just a good idea to recognize what is good for your body and to do that. Um, and if that means that you, like, are mindful about what you're putting into your body or mindful about moving your body every day, then I think that that's really practical. Yeah, that's good. Okay, um, man. I will say, if you want to get some of your questions answered, we're going to have all of them um, in the overflow room after this if you want to come up and get some of these things because we're not going to get to all these, but I'm trying to combine a few. Um, here's this one. Uh, Hey, Dustin, it's blank. In a middle season, um, I'm in a middle season of life right now, a place of waiting. How do I stay patient and work against restlessness? Months seem to be going by so slow. What advice would you guys have for living in the moment but keeping the future in mind? Also, I like the vest. The vest is a staple, first of all. It's always a go-to. But um, I just kind of want to kind of speak on this. Um, 
I wouldn't say that I necessarily found myself in a season of waiting, but I definitely, like Rachel said, I graduate at the end of April, and I feel like I just got here yesterday, which is crazy. Um, and so I understand. I said the other day that it was like January 45th. I felt that January went by forever. But also at the same time, in that season of waiting and feeling that restlessness, it's really important to know that this time that you have, you will never get back. Um, and as I say now, I like when I'm working and then I go to school and I'm like, man, I really wish I could spend a little more time with my friends. Um, I know it can be hard sometimes, but you have that time now. And that is time that you can use to reach out to people, to get to know people and to love and spend time with people. Um, so just keeping that in mind in your season of waiting is just knowing that even if you feel a little lost and you feel that restlessness, that it truly is a gift and that you're able to use that to love people is just really important to keep in mind. Yeah, that's good. We're going to go two more, and then we'll be done. Um, I love this question. Is it better to show up and be exhausted and not present, or to rest or take care of whatever important tasks slash business that needs to get done so that you can be present and not worried about it during a time you have committed to? I'm going to speak to the first part of that question. Okay. So... It said, like, pushing yourself. Is it better to show up and be exhausted and not present or, okay. oh, I'll right there. that first part. Got it. Um, I feel like that's me in a lot of cases. Um, I don't know if we mentioned it before, but there's times, let's just say at collective events or even um, just talking to people that are in our home, I can have a conversation with someone and I'm so tired that I wasn't intentional in that conversation. And afterwards, I cannot remember what I talked about with them. And I think that when I'm at that point, I don't think I'm as effective, um, you know, as a sister in Christ or as a friend um, or just at showing love um, to that person that I felt like, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity or a lot of um, times when they might, you know, feel slighted or they might feel unloved. And I think that could be, I could be causing them to stumble in a way. I don't know if that makes sense. People can add. Okay, last one here. And like I said, guys, I'm sorry. There's too many to hit all of these. But just in general, should we err to the side of saying yes to things or saying no to things? And maybe, maybe that depends on the person. I'm not sure. But how would you, how would you answer that? So I'm going to answer that broad question with a broad answer. Um, when you're doing, when you're living your life to the glory of God, like, what you do is not going to come back void. Um, so I think in that moment, you have to recognize your fallacies and your natural tendencies. Um, for me, I have to say no. Now, 15 years ago, when I didn't have a family, uh, I could say yes to things. So, and again, you know, you're, these four years that you have here, um, it's not going to be your whole life. So recognizing that, you know, in those seasons of life, you can say yes to more things. And I think that's something that my, my wife, she stays at home with our kids, um, so she literally sees three little, little people every day and doesn't see very many other people. Um, so she feels that she's not serving the Lord very well because she doesn't interact with adults. But in reality... You know, she has one of the most important jobs ever. Um, so I think just recognizing where you are and what season of life that you're in, um, and again, having those godly friends in your life that can invest in you and uh, help you think through those things. Okay, that's good. I'm going to end our time um, with Psalm 90, verse 12 through 14. It says this, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. And so I know we've laughed around tonight, and part of that is we really do want to learn to not take ourselves so seriously. Um, but at the end of the day, the Bible says that it's wisdom to learn to number our days. And the days and minutes that God has given you um, are a gift from our creator to be used to glorify him. And so I, I did a little calculation. 
I've lived 11,178 days. And um, that's crazy to think about. Um, But I, I say that just to say there really is a number of days that we're all going to live. And eternity really does matter. And so I would be remiss if we didn't make sure um, that all of us understand why are we even, why do we care about this God who has given us time? Why do we care what it looks like to bring glory to him? And it's because we believe as followers of Christ that he sent his son to die for us in our place and rise again to restore us in a relationship with the God who made us. And so all of us tonight need to respond to that news. Um, for some of you, it's going to be uh, repentance for the first time, to understand that all the ways that we've wasted time, all the ways that we live for ourselves separates us from God, but he has provided a way to come back into what you were made to do. And for a lot of us, it might be repentance in areas that we've been exposed in tonight. Um, repentance and resolve. Where have we fallen short? Enjoy the grace purchased for you by Christ. And then get to work. We've got tasks to do. There's rest to be had. And there's grace to cover all the gaps in between. And so thank you guys so much for listening. Um, your all's questions were amazing. Um, we will be, I'll, I'll join them in the back to kind of field some of these. If you want to come talk to us, um, even if you're just like, my life's a mess, I want to be more organized, we can help you with some of that stuff too. Uh, but go ahead and give it up for our panelists. Thank you guys. Incredible. Um,